0: Oh, you think for yourself? We like that around here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson.
1: There was a time in the past where this time of year we were warned about cold and flu season. and We didn't think much of it. We hope we didn't get it. If we did, we went to the store, we took some medicine, and then we got better in a few days. Well, now that's all become political because of the disaster that has been what our country and our government has done over the past few years. I'm Mike Ferguson. I am now joined by Dr. Scott Atlas. Now, his official title is he's a senior fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institute. But uh, Dr. Atlas, you were kind of been there and done that when all of this started, being an advisor to former President Trump. And obviously, you've got a book about your experiences there that we'll get into more detail. What was it that changed this last time? Because I think that's relevant to the story related to your article. I want to ask you about this as today's public health emergency restoring trust with seven steps, how do we get to a point where the health agencies put themselves into a state where so many people just don't buy into what they say anymore?
0: Yes, well, thanks for having me. You know, this uh, started early on in the pandemic in early 2020. I didn't get asked to help uh, at the White House until end of July 2020, after these bureaucrats had been in power and uh, frankly, we're delegated authority that they should never have been delegated. So therefore, it's a failure of the people who were supposed to lead Two presidents actually continued beyond Trump. It was Trump and Biden administrations, uh, as well as all the governors and public health officials that basically reacted, denied the science, denied fundamental biology a hundred years or more, thousands of years, really, depending on who you ask, of what we knew about biology, but certainly decades, including more than 15 years of pandemic management that said that lockdowns do not work for preventing the spread, our serious illness from viral respiratory infections, and lockdowns are extraordinarily harmful, particularly to low-income people, the poor, as the affluent sat at home and ordered them around and ordered in the food and their goods, et cetera, via Amazon. So uh, we also sinfully really didn't just fail on looking at science like an objective uh, thinking society would have done. But the legacy of the people in power, and I'm talking about two presidents, the governors who locked down and the public health officials, Dr. Burks, who was the official formal head of the medical side of the task force, Dr. Fauci, who was the face of the task force, and then officially the head of it under Biden. Uh, These people's legacies are not just that they failed to stop the infection, not just that they destroyed people and their advice killed people. Not just that they shifted the burden to the poor and low-income families and saving the affluent, they destroyed a whole generation of our young children. They tried to use them as shields, which is frankly immoral, a shocking violation of the social contract we have with our own children. And as you sort of alluded to, the lasting legacy is that they have destroyed trust, in the institutions we need as a diverse society to trust, that is the public health agencies, CDC, FDA, NIH, and maybe the entire expert class. Uh, The media was a big problem there, Uh, but really we are reeling now as a society, frankly lost when you don't have half the population even trusting these agencies, public health guidance is in jeopardy now for the foreseeable future.
1: Now, unfortunately, we don't have enough room in this interview to go through all seven steps. So let me start with the basic question to follow up with what you just said. There's a lot of people who are saying, I don't trust what the CDC says. I don't care if they told me to keep breathing because it keeps you alive. I don't believe it because that's what the CDC says, because they've destroyed that trust so much. Why is it important for them to regain trust? Because so far, their answer has basically been, we're the experts. Sure, we got it wrong, but we're still the experts. Believe us. And they haven't won their—they haven't won people back over. Why is it crucial that they reestablish trust at all?
0: Well, we need to have—you know—there uh, will be other public health emergencies. Number one, okay. Uh, we're an ethical society. We need truth. Uh, we're a diverse society with varying opinions. We need to know where to turn. There's a new burden on people, though. Despite all the need to reestablish trust, the burden is you have to be a thinking. Human being. You have to use your brain. You're not a plant or a rock. You're a, a, a person that is defined by your ability to reason. So, you know, the specific things that we really need to do, I'm just going to cut to the chase here. First of all, there's no clear definition of public health emergency. If you think about that, this will be invoked for things like climate change or something else or the next pandemic with no defined uh end. And with no clear definition, we need to have a strict time limit, very short, two weeks, uh, maybe, uh, just as a random number. We need to add term limits and evacuate these bureaucrats that have been in place for decades accruing power. We need to have term limits, not just on politicians, but on the agency bureaucrats. We need to forbid some shocking conflicts of interest we didn't even know existed, like, for instance, employees of the FDA... NIH and CDC share in personal royalties from the drugs that they approve. This is outrageous. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars paid over a decade to people, including the head of the NIH, Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci. OK, this, this is unacceptable. We need to require transparency of these meetings they're holding. Why are these things held in private? We're a free society. These people work for us, by the way. We don't work for them, we've hired them. They're employees of the American you know, population, and we need to con- decentralize the control of funding. There are more than 15 mat- medical centers in the US that get $500 million plus every single year from the NIH. These medical centers aren't gonna speak out. They, c- The funding of the NIH controls every academic scientist's careers. Young scientists in academic medical centers Are are reluctant to speak out against things. So, you know, we need to have transparency. We need to get out of these binding agreements of the World Health Organization. This is an agency that has completely fumbled things on a very high level, not just block or accepting the lack of transparency in the pandemic of China. You know, these people are formulating agreements on controlling other countries' states of emergencies, and the Biden administration seems to be all in, even without seeing the agreement. We you are know, vis- we're, we're an independent society. We need to end that. The American people are supposed to run uh, the country, not bureaucrats.
1: We are visiting with Dr. Scott Atlas in the last couple minutes. We've got uh, uh, first of all, I know you I want to talk about the book that you've uh, you've written as well. That's uh, available uh, so much of what you described. It sounds to me just as a layman here isn't about necessarily the medical aspect of it. It's about the government aspect of it, which is where all the fights came in, at the state level and the local level and the federal level as well. Can we separate out politics and governance from the discussion over public health?
0: Well, we need to, and that's the role of an objective media as well as objective scientists. Okay, we had a, a false consensus implied to the public by censorship and distortion by the media. Okay, that's, you know, the free exchange of information is really critical to making uh, a thought an informed decision about what's correct and what isn't. This was blocked by the media, as well as by our university scientists, where censors, uh, censorship and censure and character assassination, frankly, were used, including at my own employer, Stanford University, despicable behavior blocking information and teaching young people that that's appropriate behavior, which is really a sinful display of, uh, of uh, something that we cannot allow.
1: Tell me about the book. What's that title again? And where can people find that? Because that's going to go into so much more depth than what we can do here in the last minute or so we've got.
0: Sure. It's called A Plague Upon Our House. My Fight at the Trump White House to Stop COVID from Destroying America. It's a long subtitle. Uh, you can get it at Amazon and anywhere else that books are sold. And I think it's a, the importance of the book is we need to know truth here in this country and this society. And it's difficult to get at it because, as everyone knows, the media is not just biased, but there's also a, a, a real blockage of information of, quote, the narrative and uh, we need to be independent thinkers, and so therefore we need information. This is the, uh, the the true account of what happened inside the task force, inside the Oval Office, inside the Trump administration, and it, it's important to know so we don't let them repeat this kind of egregious abuse of their authority.
1: And you're in the podcast space as well. Where do we find you on that?
0: Yes, I have a podcast sponsored by the Independent uh, Institute it's called Independent Truths uh, with Dr. Scott Atlas. And uh, you can see that anywhere that uh, podcasts are are found.
1: All right. Uh, the article at RealClearPolitics.com, Today's Public Health Emergency, Restoring Trust with Seven Steps. Dr. Scott Atlas, thank you uh, so much. Uh, are you on social media, website, anything like that? People want to connect with you?
0: Sure. There's, there's uh, two Twitter accounts. One is for my Global Liberty Institute that I founded to restore the free exchange of ideas. And the other is the Independent Truths podcast has a Twitter account
1: uh, that they could easily find. All right. Thank you so much for uh, being on the the show, Dr. Atlas.
0: Okay. Thanks for having me.
1: Obviously pulling no punches there. What do you think? Let me know on uh, X or Twitter as well. I am at AVP Radio Show. Thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. I'm Mike Ferguson. We will talk to you again next week.